Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. Purpose is really not something to trash you for you to suffer or no, it's to fulfill uh, your potential. Then you can find some specific ways. Halo is just uh, small errors in judgment repeated over time. Success is a result of work and to put work you have to grow yourself. Not really important to be original but to own what you do. Michal Stavisky is on a mission to support individuals who feel helpless to expand beyond their limits so that they can regain control over their lives. In 2012, Michal read the book titled The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson and started to turn his life around. In the next six years, he lost weight, broke over 200 personal fitness records, developed dozens of daily habits, overcame shyness, doubled his income, started a book advertising business, liberated his wife from a day job, and published 16 books sharing how he achieved all of the above. He regularly blogs at www.expandbeyondyourself.com, and the story of his life's transformation was featured in the re-release of The Slight Edge in 2013. I really, really, really enjoyed getting to interview Mihail today. He is such a person of purpose in the sense that he is all about expansion and progress and growth. This totally resonates with me as someone that lives by these principles. We conducted our interview while he was in Poland, and it was very interesting to recognize how someone from such a very different kind of background and upbringing in place thinks so aligned with how I'm aligned. I started to realize that we have a lot of the same influences, actually. In particularly, he talks about his influence um, from the Bible and how the Bible outlines that we each have a personal sense of purpose rooted in God. I share the same faith. He talks about how progress is his duty and that it's these small daily steps that add up. I really, really like that. And I really encourage you to really dig in during that section of the podcast interview because he says some very profound things around that topic. Um, In particular, how he liberated his wife from her day job, how he acts with faith first, how he acts with giving and intentionality. You You get so much more back in return. This was the first episode where I think we really, really talked about personal finance. He outlined several personal finance principles and his biggest influence in the personal finance arena is Jim Rohn. Um, Jim Rohn hasn't come up very much on the podcast yet, but he is a very influential person from the, the 80s. He was actually the person that mentored Tony Robbins. And so Jim Rohn talks about how your income doesn't exceed your personal development. And once Mihail recognized that, he made this cognitive shift to focusing on personal development and who he's becoming in towards his goals rather than those goals themselves. He makes this awesome point that you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. And I think that's a really important um, empowering piece from this interview. That you are just one step away, one second away, one decision away from changing your direction. And when you develop these small daily habits, you invest yourself, you invest your life in growth and purpose, amazing, wonderful things will come. We talked about entrepreneurship, 
and trying things on a probational period of time as an exercise to find like your fit in your purpose and talked about the importance of a mastermind. This was the first episode that this has come up on with people of purpose, but I have to say, Mihail convinced me it's time for me to join a mastermind. So look out for that. I most likely will be trying to join a mastermind um, in the coming weeks. And the mastermind is this, is this group of people that meets regularly. They meet in person, his does, twice a year. And then you also meet online. And it's just people that have this external feedback with each other. They don't really have to share the same business. They don't share the same place or culture or what have you. But they do want to feed into each other and keep each other accountable and grow together. And the mastermind is, is a really important concept that comes up in this episode. So I encourage you to, to open your mind to the potential of joining something like that. I really hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Nihil has such wonderful energy. He's just so light and bubbly and joyful and happy and insightful. And I felt a lot of camaraderie with him. So with that, I'll leave you with this episode today. Today's person of purpose, Mihail Stavitsky. Hello, Mihail. Welcome to People of Purpose podcast. Super excited to have you today joining us from Poland. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for having me, Tanur. It's great to be here and serve your audience. Yeah, so we were just talking before our recording about how um, we now have these audiences in these very far away countries that maybe we have personally never been to, but we're able to reach these, these sort of places now because of mediums like books and like podcasts. And I think that's a really cool thing. And I really appreciate that you're on the same kind of journey as me. You're someone that I think I have a lot to learn from in this interview. So I'm super excited to unpack your story and your journey into purpose. All right, let's roll. So you've done lots of things. You have broke over 200 personal fitness records, have a lot of really healthy habits. You've had to overcome perceived like weaknesses and helplessness, things like this. You got your wife out of ever having to work a day job. You published 16 books. That is a lot of books. And yeah, you just seem like a person of high performance and achievements. And I can feel from just your energy right now that you're also someone that is able to find peace and contentment inside. And I think a lot of people need this sort of combination of things. So I'm excited to see how we can help people grow today. It looks like from what I've gathered from the research that you're focused on how to expand people's limits and overcome helplessness. Could you just kind of get us started? What, what was your journey like? You had a lack of purpose and now you feel filled with purpose. Yeah, maybe a, an overview of how that worked would be a great way to start. Well, uh, I led my life and it was quite okay life. I had family, wife, three kids. I was moderately healthy, had a good day job and I just felt there is something missing. Uh, I didn't feel like really giving my 100, 100% uh, and, and I just couldn't put my finger on what's wrong. Yeah? Well, I could put a lot of fingers on what's wrong with me yeah? because I missed this or that or I just played too much computer games, I was escaping reality. Uh, but in the end, it was like just very deep uh, feeling of discontentment. Uh, I, I didn't feel like I belong really. Uh, I had like everything and I felt like nothing, really. Wow. It was overwhelming. And I truly didn't know to 
what to do with my life in the end. Yeah, the big picture. I had no idea what's the big picture. And I've been involved in uh, my church community for like, at that time, 16 years, something like this. So when you study the Bible, you read a lot, but there is a purpose for everyone, yeah? And, and God loves you and you are not a mistake or a accident. Mm-hmm. And I had been listening to those words for years and decades and still they didn't, ha- had, uh, they didn't have meaning for me, really the personal meaning. What's about me how in, in this whole big picture? Yeah? Uh, finally, this frustration meet with, with like ignition. Uh, I read the book, The Slight Edge. And after that, I started really to, first of all, really believing that there is a purpose, personal purpose of me, Michał Stawicki in this world, uh, not some like has a dream or something unknown or most importantly because this was like my thinking because I couldn't see my purpose so I thought there is no purpose which is the biggest mistake you can you, you can make I, I had this experience of living without purpose and with purpose and the difference is like it's more than night and day it's just mind-blowing the distance between those two realities is so huge that you cannot like explain you have to live through this to see the difference and living on purpose it's not easy and it doesn't mean that all your obstacles will just vanish Mm -hmm. but i had this internal like resolve to go and continue and don't quit and move forward again and again file and uh, stand up and, and continue my journey. And I hadn't this bef- before before I, I found this purpose. So that's that's the difference. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know if I answered your question. Definitely. Thank you for that overview. Yeah, I, I feel really similar. I was raised with a Christian upbringing. I was going to Bible study, been in small groups for a long time. It was, it's been, it's been great. I'm really grateful for that upbringing, but it did come a point where when I was entering early adulthood, I needed to personalize it to me. And it took intentionality to figure that out and applicable situations to apply it in, to live with big faith along the way and to practice forgiveness and to communicate with grace and these sort of things. And so yeah, having a purpose mindset has, has shifted me from just being a Christian, like religiously or like as a label to actually like feeling like I'm walking with Christ. Exactly. Because it's not like I, I didn't try to be a Christian before. Uh, I tried that. That's why I had been in this community for so many years, but it just didn't click inside me. Yeah? I Theoretically, I knew God loves me. And still I have troubles with that because of like decades of low uh, self-esteem uh, that I'm important enough to bother uh, the, the creator of the universe. But in the end, really, this experience of, of pursuing my own personal purpose really helped me to grow like crazy also in a, in a spiritual area. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. What does it mean to you to be a Christian and how does Christianity and the Bible outline our purposes? How do we determine our personal purpose within our Christian faith? Yeah. 
it's also you know the mystery for many Christians what's our purpose yeah and it's stated cl quite clearly uh, in the Bible and Jesus said that many times yeah he's appeared here to s save us yeah save me and you and everybody else that's the purpose number one yeah and you are definitely in that purpose so if you feel like you don't deserve or uh, like you are a piece of nothing uh, you feel down it's all lies and illusion because you matter and he went here to save you to save me and now you can seek for your purpose yeah in these boundaries yeah so your purpose certainly is not wasting time watching uh, youtube or tv uh, it's something else and probably something relational because in the end uh, what we finish with is ourselves our souls uh, nothing we created here our possession we we want to bring them uh, into the next lives yeah so who you become this is really the most important thing so for me i like distilled my own personal purpose progress is my duty yeah that's four words that's all yeah i need to grow constantly and then i found some specific ways to grow like being uh, an author and sharing my journey with my readers but you know so there's really this big picture this is something good your purpose is really not something to trash you and uh, for you to suffer or no it's to fulfill uh, your potential and then you can find some specific ways and i also think when we speak about christianity and god and purpose that the whole adventure is in this that you won't really see the whole picture like never and on this journey for almost seven years and i'm continue to discovering new things new new things uh, i'm doing yeah i coach people now i pause this and i grow my business uh, which i hope to be a, a vehicle for me for financial freedom for me and my family so i can do other things god has for me in the store yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So your purpose is to fulfill your potential. We all have specific ways in which we can. And one specific, you have, I'm noticing a couple of specific ways you have. You've been writing books and you're doing life coaching. Tell me about your, your purpose and, and why it is that you need to share your story across 16 books. That's not something the average person is going to go out and do. So what role does sharing about your learnings and your experiences have in fulfilling your personal purpose? Yeah, well, I almost every single of my books is based on my personal experience. And what I try to achieve is show other people who are purposeless or without hope or feel like they don't matter or uh, like they just cannot achieve success because of feel the, the story here. We have all stories in our heads so i just want to demonstrate for them that it's possible to first of all improve a little bit uh, day by day it's not matter of enlightenment or like very hard work uh, when you put your effort every single day it will compound and and in the end I can attest for that because when you are doing this and it's like the first small, first quarter, 
first year, it's still like, ah, it seems like a good story, but nothing comes out, out of that. But after seven years, whoa, things has happened that like I couldn't imagine they will. So uh, really putting in daily effort, small effort, it's a guarantee way to improve. And uh, so many people are so clueless about how to improve themselves, how to change their lives. Uh, I follow BJ Fogg, doctor from Stanford University. He's uh, head of Persuasive Lab. He spent two decades trying to uh, find how people change their behavior. He found three ways. Experiencing enlightenment, changing your circumstances, the environment you are in. And the third and most reliable way was changing your habits. Mm -hmm. Small daily things you do. And this is really what I've done. I didn't try to wrote 16 books. I didn't even, at the very beginning, I have no idea that I will be a writer. Uh, it just, I started looking for what I can do. Writing came up. It took me two months. That's a very funny story. It took me two months to discover what writers do. They write. So, oh, okay, if I want to be a writer, I need to write every day. And I started to, this practice. Uh, so yeah, I was really clueless, and here I am seven years later, and the, the journey is continuing, and it's awesome. That's awesome. There's two things I want to talk about from that, um, what you just said. You mentioned that it's a compounding effort and that these really unbelievable things have happened in seven years. What Could you tell a story of something that's unbelievable that has, has come um, as a result of that? Okay, I'm sitting right now uh, in my home office and seven years ago, my family was living in a small flat. We really didn't have much prospects for our own home period. I had a job and was a sole provider. Well, financials were cruel. We couldn't afford period. Mm -hmm. Somewhere, somewhere at the beginning of my journey in the first uh, several months, uh, I found something on writing goes down, especially it was, I think, from the book uh, Science of Getting Rich. I just wrote several, or maybe dozen possessions I would like to have, like a bicycle or an external hard drive. Small things I could like believe uh, I can have them. Then, like a few months later, I discovered that uh, my wife got this list and she wrote down home. So I wasn't aware about that, but it was her big... That's a big one. Yeah, it was her <laughs> big dream. And like three, three years later, something like this, we just found this house, which was almost affordable. I had a stack of phones on my saving account because a few months uh, earlier I published my fifth book and it became bestseller and I earned like half of my salary in one month in the first month so we, we had just enough money to provide for uh, our contribution to the mortgage here we are right now I work only quarter time in the meantime, my wife got her day job and she was miserable in it. So uh, I like really encouraged her to, to quit this, but she was adamant. But seeing that my book royalties are 
constant. Every month I match her salary with another salary for my book royalties. So after four months she decided, okay, okay, I quit. And, and then she agreed for me to go half time, then quarter time, which wasn't on, yeah, it was my dream seven years ago to quit my day job, yeah, to leave from something I produce, not being dependent on the whims of my employer. Uh, during the financial crisis, I experienced, what does it mean? I was laid, laid off. It was a dream, but I had no idea how to make it happen because I was just an employee my whole life. I truly had no idea, experience, how to run your own business, whatever. And well, here I am. Uh, like my day job income is about 20% of overall income. And in reality, I, I keep my day job just for my wife so she can feel safe. <laughs> but yeah, but 80% of my income is coming from books, coaching and my new business. So, so you mentioned these, how you didn't really know the first steps to writing, the first steps to you know, personal entrepreneurship. What like kind of principles do you go into when you're just a complete novice? You need to wrap your head around something that's kind of a huge goal or big dream or something that you don't have the talents or resources around yet. What, are, what is your mindset as you're, as you're entering that new space to set yourself up for success? Mm -hmm. I would say two things. One is from the slide edge and the book I read at the very beginning. It's based on Jim Rohn's philosophy. Mm. Uh, success is a few simple disciplines repeated over time and fail failure is just a small errors in judgment repeated over time. Meaning that in the end, like whatever you do consistently will bring the results. So if you consistently commit small errors in judgment, you will end up like obese or uh, bankrupt um, and so on. Yeah? And the way Jeff Olson wrote this book really convinced me. I like retrospected my own life and found some successes in my story. I really could track down small things I did daily or consistently that were behind those successes. So it was like, all right, there is something in that. So he convinced me to start. Once I started, after the first month, one of my first disciplines was practicing speed reading in 10, uh, 10 minutes a day. And after a month, I almost doubled my reading speed. And also, I love to read, so I was stoked. I could read twice as much in the same time. Yeah, so I was, okay, this is, this is true. Let's see if this is true for in other areas. Yeah, that's why I, I was like, I called it in my book, The Art of Persistence, the probation mindset. So I just was willing to try things on the probation terms. Le okay, let's try it for like half a year because, you know, half a week, it's not a meaningful time right. to really uh, get some results for your life. Uh, half a year is, is closer to it. And really, my personal story was that I was struggling for three years, then two next years weren't very bright, and only the last two years were when my book sales explode, mm -hmm. exploded, I started a new business and got new streams of income and so on. So that was one thing that the slight edge like opened my mind because I was 
convinced that success is for like great people and I'm not great, goodbye. So it's not possible. And, and the other thing was I started to follow people who were already successful, who teach. I studied personal development and Jim Rohn was one of mm -hmm. the fears of my virtual mentors and really a lot of my personal philosophy right now is just directly from him. And again, I did some things because he said so. Yeah, And I put my trust into him that he knows what he's saying. And in the end, yeah, he knew. Uh, and I just, uh, his teaching is really awesome. Yeah, definitely. I've studied a little bit more of Tony Robbins. I, I, maybe it's a generational thing, but Tony Robbins was like really into Jim Rohn. He like was on the road with him for months and years and stuff. And he does a lot of similar things, but I totally agree with that. Like, yeah, people don't need to have these big barriers between them and success. It's just these small, subtle things you're doing every day. Develop habits and habits become what you create and then what you create becomes your future. And as you're seeing results, you become more courageous and you have more confidence and then it's a compounding cycle. Totally agree with that. It's the way I've been living. Exactly. 27 now I've lived in four continents and I'm pretty divorced from having to have an income now and live in a cool city in San Francisco. And now I'm starting like a real estate investing venture basically because I feel like I trust myself around these things so yeah i want to talk about personal finances i think a lot of my listeners are kind of in this age range of like post-college pre-career of purpose this like little window of time after you're not told what to do by society anymore you make your own way forward people want to figure out how to do that but there's like a you know there's a lot of security being preached in our society around finances get a job get health insurance get the 401k how do you kind of unpack that like what kind of how do you coach people through that unlearning process around personal finances mm -hmm. well personal finances are really a personal and it depends mm -hmm. that's that's one thing but there are like timeless principles in those principles you won't find have secure job they are live below your uh, your means mm -hmm. that's the number one yeah so if you are a doctor and you can you earn 2100 uh, 2000 bucks a year it means nothing if you spend 3000 bucks yeah 300000 bucks yeah so but on the other hand and there were like one of the first uh, books i studied uh, when i started was start over get rich by david back and he gave like a string of different uh, examples of like there was a postman who lived on a like very, very small salary and he was a millionaire when he retired because he was living below uh, his means. Mm -hmm. That's like number one. And whatever you do, it doesn't have to be very profitable as long as you know what to do with this surplus. This is one of Brian Tracy's rules that whenever he got more money, uh, like more income or additional income, he would only spend half of it every single time and the half was dedicated to savings or investments or whatever but he never spent it spent it all so yeah i also learned from someone else because i was struggling miserable seven years ago i had a good job like two average salaries in poland but we couldn't save we save like maybe two percent of our net income and then some 
a big expense came like buying a car and boom, we have nothing again. Right. And it was like this for years. So the things that helped me the most, I was trying to live below my means, but I, I didn't know really how to do that. But if you look for the occasions, you will find them. So I could some costs back and also I started to pay myself first. So whenever the salary came first, I put some money into a savings account. Mm -hmm. And that was a game changer because I didn't save much, but it opened my eyes to the fact that, well, I saved these 60 bucks at the beginning of the month and they are still there on the savings account and we didn't starve. We spent the rest. So maybe I could save more and more. And when you feel you can generate more, it changes your mindset. That well, then you can pursue those entrepreneurship kind of, of uh, streams of income. Yeah. And when do you recommend is the right time people invest in something like life coaching? Because there's obviously a huge return on your investment when you invest in self-development and education, but it does take some starting capital. So when is someone in the right place in their life to say, yeah, I'm ready to pay for a life coach. I'm ready to do some you know, major course or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't have to be major. Uh, like we said about my journey for, I doubt I spent more than hundred bucks in the first two years because there are so many free good resources available. Like you can find on YouTube, all the speeches of Jim Rohn. And I found them, I downloaded <laughs> them, and I had been listening to them around the clock. That's awesome. I, I'm a coach on coach.me. Personal coaching there costs like 65 bucks a month. So it's not much. It's not much. You don't have to learn from Tony Robbins at the very beginning because he's so far away from where you are. You should find people who are like, two, three steps ahead of you and try to emulate them. Usually, their uh, products are less priced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you can afford. So, I don't remember who I suppose, maybe Les Brown, but some of those personal uh, development gurus said that they invested 10% of their income into personal development. So, if you earn 100 bucks a month, 10% is 10 bucks, mm -hmm. period. This is all you can afford uh, at that time. Uh, if you earn 100,000 bucks a year, you can spend 10,000 bucks uh, on your personal development. But I definitely agree that it's the best return on investment. But I also challenge everyone who says, if you don't pay, you won't commit. Nope. Then again, purpose comes into play. And I was so determined that I didn't need to pay a thousand bucks to be motivated to do something. Right. I was determined to turn my life around. Yeah, and that was my motivation. Because when your motivation comes from inside, then nothing can stop you. Yeah, I love that. When your motivation comes from inside, nothing can stop you. One other source of motivation I've noticed is your wife. How does a, a partnership, a marriage, how does that influence and elevate your sense of motivation towards your purpose well in my specific marriage uh, it's really challenging because uh, spiritually inclined and she's not but she was uh, a drive behind like fears getting our flat i felt like we are in the hands of god and he will provide 
by the way, he always provides. Yeah. Uh, but she was, no, we, ha we had to have a flat. Then uh, the same, the uh, dream about her homes, uh, about our home. It, she was the driving force really to get uh, this house. And I was like, okay, at that time, we can afford it, like, barely. Mortgage was like one third of, of our total income. It didn't look like, like sustainable. But I hope that my book sales will increase and somehow I really put my trust into God. But she was the driving force. If she didn't insist, I wouldn't do that. And she's also still the driving force behind my like worldly part of success Yeah, to generate more income, to grow this business mm -hmm. I started. But I also, I'm in the mastermind and I know that this partnership can be less frictionless. Yeah, it can be frictionless because they both like support each other or coordinate or plan. Yeah, two is so much more than one. It's not one plus one. It's like two to the doubled or, or quadrupled, really, because you can tap into resources of two people and mm -hmm. that's a huge difference. In fact, at the very beginning, I struggled a lot because I had this dream and she didn't understand this. She said to me at one point, stop dreaming about this writing and find a better job. Wow. Or else. Yeah. So I was more like, I will show her than <laughs> really cooperating with her. Yeah. But right now, she works in my business. She doesn't have to work in day job. Right. So she feels like helping me out. Mm -hmm. Next to the all household chores she does and taking care of, of, of children. So yeah, yep, that, was, that was our journey. That's awesome. I I've really relate to that. I just got engaged earlier this year to my girlfriend. And um, she has similar thoughts about how she just wants to be an assistant in my entrepreneurship journey and to live life with that sort of freedom of finances and locational independence. But it definitely took me kind of convincing her that like I'm someone she can trust to, to move us forward in this because, you know, people do come with fears around that security thing. Mm -hmm. My mom especially is a driving force for me and proving myself that I can do this. Uh, well, uh... I lost my thought, but it was a good one. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. I was saying that my girlfriend, her fiance, needed to believe in me as a partner. Yeah, okay. So you had this advantage that you somehow demonstrated this. The story of my marriage demonstrated to my life that I'm a failure. I have big, hazy dreams and I don't uh, execute on them. So she was very skeptical. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's when you are not really successful, it's a common story, yeah, between the two of you. And why were you not successful? With, you had the big dreams your whole life, but for part of it, you weren't successful and now you are. Was, was Jim Rohn a part of the whole journey or was Absolutely, it? absolutely. So what was going on when you were failing perpetually? You know, uh, oh, sorry. I meant that he was a part of my journey when I started to, turning, to turn my life around. But till that moment, until I read that slight edge, I was like in the dark. 
what was your I approach? Need, like you were having big dreams and you're were, you were trying to, yeah. to make them a reality, but what was your approach that was most small? Most of the time I was just chasing shiny objects. I wanted a quick success. Uh, I remember like investing in, in stocks and losing it all because it seemed like a good way to earn money uh, quickly. Uh, so yeah, I, I had this common mindset, the, the mindset that wasn't about growth, but was about yeah, achieving success or getting a lot of money. Yeah. But in the end, success is a result out of work and to put work, you have to grow yourself. Oh, we are going the whole circle back to the personal finances. I remember I, I had these thoughts. I have no idea how to have own my own business, how to make it successful. No single idea. But I heard Jim Rohn saying, your income seldom exceeds your personal growth, personal development. So I decided, okay, I know how to develop myself, how to read, listen, and try to uh, implement some of this. Okay, this I can do. I don't know how to build a business, but this I can do. And really, it, it was really my fundament. Thanks to those daily uh, practices, daily disciplines, I really built up myself to the level that I had something to offer and I could start a business. That's awesome. Yeah, I noticed that when you have that income-based mindset, you have a limit and, that, and it's like a scarcity thing. It's like, we will run out, we're running out, things are depleting until we hit the limit. And it does seem very clear to me that you have to have more of a, a shift towards abundance. You have to be able to think and to put your faith in God that, that you can receive that abundance, that you're worthy of contributing that level of value and generosity to society through your talents, gifts, skills, all that sort of stuff that are, you're born with. I know that this is a topic you write about in your books, but how can people start to expand their self-imposed limitations first like how could they identify where they're imposing false limitations and then how can you expand them and, and is there a limit of the expansion or a pace of growth that would be too much how does that process work from identifying what limits you have now and then expanding well you need two three things i talked about them in trickle down mindset which was based on Jim Rohn's uh, teachings once again. He talked a lot about personal philosophy. Yeah? It's mindset in the modern uh, language, but really it's, it's what he meant. You and I, we were indoctrinated by the society, our families and so on from the early age. And whatever we have in our heads is like the uh, baggage of, of the past. And it's our baggage and mm -hmm. we live it, with it and if we cannot like stand next to ourselves, uh, we will go on this path at perpetuum. Uh, it will not end. So you have to do something else. And so the first thing in what's coming into your mind, it's coming out of your mind. So I started listening uh, to those personal development uh, mentors and read their books this is what you need to do at the beginning find new sources of input but you ha also have to watch yourself this is self-knowledge i practiced this by journaling really make like doing a lot of those personal development ec mental exercises when 
in the book author asks you to imagine that or that or answer this or that question so i did that quite diligently but in the end it's about discovering what's inside you you have uh, Stephen Covey said that uh, there is this gap between impulse and response and you need to expand this gap to change your course because if not you are going on autopilot impulse sets you on the set path and and you won't change oh, yeah. uh, that's why you need those all those practices to like get to know what you are thinking then you can catch yourself like for example someone tells you about this abundance uh, thing and you are thinking yeah easy for him to say he lives in a fierce world he probably has rich parents and so on so you negate everything you are learning when you pay attention to what's going in your mind then you can do something about this but you if you don't pay attention it's lost then those new inputs will just meet the wall of your all thinking you will not absorb this mm -hmm. uh, this new input and the third and i think the best way is just to get around people who are like you want to be because we absorb everything from other people we are mimicking machines just look at children they are born helpless and really more stupid than a puppy then in a few years they become a human beings because they mimic everything they see it's so deeply ingrained into us that you don't need to have this mindset you don't need to watch yourself just be around people you want to be like it's a given you will improve yeah that's i mean i'm a huge advocate for everyone having their own podcast because it forces you to go out and seek people that are steps above where you are to learn about how you step into their mind and their experiences to consume the resources they recommend. Now I'm able to have more elevated conversations around these topics and able to see how I'm applying the gap between impulse and response as a teacher to students and having an impact on 90 of them, 90 minds a day. Like, it's really cool. It's this, um, yeah, like this compounding effect like you were talking about earlier. And I absolutely love it. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Like you are a sponge for the, the kind of influences you have around you. And the same can go for negativity and resentment and fear. And if you surround yourself around people that have doomsday sort of mindsets, you become more worrisome. And this is a reason I do not start the day watching news and things like this. Like, you got, I meditate every morning. I read my Bible every day. I go to bed journaling about gratitude. You have like vision boards. You have visualizations about the future. These things are really important, I think. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Do you want to get a short email from me? Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that personalizes your path of purpose? The POP newsletter, because People of Purpose, is a very short email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life each week to more personally and purposefully pursue my purpose. It will include a short update on how my podcast is helping me grow into my purpose. A quote that's been on my mind from a purposeful resource such as a podcast, book, video, or mentor. As well as a nugget of advice from my experience on how to better align and optimize your life for your purpose. And finally, I'll try to share inspiration with you on how one of our listeners is benefiting from people of purpose. So please take a small step of action right now 
by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com. You don't even need to write a message. Just include in the subject header, People of Purpose Newsletter, and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. Have you developed like a, a, a practice that you would consider to be original to you and not like a version of Jim Rohn sort of thing? Like, do you have your own original? And what is something really original you've discovered or come up with? It's hard to find such things because I'm early the mimicking machine of success and I try to do what those guys uh, do. Yeah. It's a trap also. I remember like two, three, four years into my journey, I was like, I am doing everything right. What's going on? Why I'm not achieving the, the success I should have? Uh, so you compare yourself to, to them and it's, it's a trap. In the end, I think it's not really important to be original, but to own what you do. So mm, I love that. I am doing everything you do. So meditating, uh, studying my Bible and gratitude journaling in the evening and plenty of other things. And they are all my things. I built my morning ritual basing on advices, advice from people I looked up to like Jim Rohn, Brian Tracy and so on. And then come the book the miracle morning hmm. uh, by Hal Elrod yes yes and I was comparing his routine to my routine and they were mirror routines because the things we picked up were from successful people and they work so it's really not important how original it is but if it works for you for example I'm very poor at visualization it's like hard work for me and I do very very little of it some because everyone advises it, but it's really a chore for me. On the other hand, I do so much journaling that I doubt anyone would recommend so so much. I spent like half an hour a day journaling. You got a writer's heart, a writer's mind. Yes, yes. So everything, the same comes with, because I created my personal mission statement and my first book was in Guide on how to write your personal mission statement. And it was based on the advice from Stephen Covey, yeah, he mm -hmm. provided some clues in, in his book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yep, I've read that. Uh, Several guests have but, recommended. But in the end, it's about going through these exercises, uh, answering those questions, and they are about you and your life and your history and your aspirations and your ambitions. So no two personal mission statements will be the same mm -hmm. because we are different people. So where are you at in your journey right now? Obviously, you know, growth is a really important thing for you. You have places to grow towards, limitations to grow out of. So what limitations are you still working on expanding? You know, what are parts of your old self you're trying to peel away? What kind of new self do you want to come into? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to love myself because I really haven't been loving myself uh, for my whole life. If anything, it was it kind of disgust or something like this mm. and my spiritual teachers said but you cannot grow if you don't love yourself is that like the first step everything comes from it and i am absolutely clueless how to do that so i'm trying to pick and i'm very poor at trying to implement anything of it because it's so ingrained into who i am so i have to change myself and it's not an easy fit when you are 40. So four decades of the history here, it's really like beyond me. 
on my own, I, I wouldn't dare to do that. The past seven years taught me that everything is possible. So one day I, I may love myself. It's like in the back of my mind right, right now because it's, this negative thinking is so ingrained into me that I hardly believe it's possible. But yeah. I know I trust those people. Yeah, I need, I need to love myself. Somehow, I don't know right now. And plenty of people, by the way, struggle with that. So hopefully I will figure it out and it will be material for the, another book. Yeah, I would love that. I, I wish you I wish you that. Yeah. For me it took me like pretty much dying to to come into that. I had a search and rescue accident or I was helicoptered out of the mountain doing some climbing and I came out loving myself. Like I have a lot to offer to the world and the world deserves that and I should forgive myself for mistakes that I've made in my relationships. Jesus would be forgiving me right now. Jesus loves me. And all of that combination of things has been really powerful for me. And then I also think like doing service, like giving others a service, volunteering. I sponsor like a child in Uganda, these sort of things when you're, when you're receiving their letters or hearing their testimonies about how your work has benefited their life. Yeah, that speaks to some like, place of self-love to me which is cool but you have to be careful not to become too egotistical or prideful you have to maintain your humility so it's this really like fine line of loving yourself greatly but also still being humble and like having this like i'm just a drop in the ocean sort of mindset as well yeah so those teachers also said that the best thing to not overdo in any direction is just seek for feedback from others like my wife will very, very quickly tell me when my ego is like a little bit too big. <laughs> I, will, I will know that in a heartbeat. So yeah, it's, it's really important to listen to others, what they say about you. Yeah, I love that too. Feedback is super important. So maybe I want to talk about parenting. I'm really interested. I feel very deeply that I will be a father one day. I want to be badly. My fiance wants to be a mother. I feel like we... As entrepreneurs, there's this whole like mindset of legacy and giving a lot for generations to come of your family so they can have all that they want and need and have all of that security. But kind of at the heart of that seems to be like an irony that in order to grow, you need to like not be you know, consistently clothed in comfort. So how do we avoid seeking too much comfort and security for our children, but still wanting to be providers for them? How do you draw that line as a parent? I can speak from my experience. I didn't come from the entrepreneurial background and my parents really wanted to provide for me, but they couldn't. So I scrambled for the very beginning uh, on my own. I started my family very early. I was 21, I think 22 when we had the, the, the first kid. I was studying at the university at that time so I had no job and it was really hard to find any job in Poland back then the unemployment rate was 20% so oh my gosh yes yes I am more like God knows what what he's doing he cares about my children as well I can teach them what it takes but I cannot do things for them and provide things for them and right now for example i have three kids and i'm not in a position to buy house for each of them or even to 
organize a big wedding party for each of them in the same year. Right. Right now, I am not able to. So I don't think in these categories, uh, really. And that's really, ideally, that's the way you should uh, parent your, your children to prepare them for life. Because in the end, at some point, they will go out of your home and they will create their life on their own. So for me, I think it's much better to provide to your children this sense of purpose, of personal purpose that will drive them to do whatever it's they think mm-hmm. than to provide houses, cars, and great wedding party. Right. And then when something goes wrong, say they fall off the path and they're the worst of the worst, they're addicted to drugs and alcohol, they have a toxic relationship, maybe even they're suicidal. Just like, let's imagine a scenario that's really, really bad. How long does it take for them to turn their life around based on your experience? It's what Jim Rohn says. You cannot change your destination overnight, mm-hmm. but you can change your direction overnight, really. Because I feel like this, it, it wasn't even overnight. I read the slide edge and I was mulling this message in my head over and over again for one long month before I took the smallest action it took me one long month then i took this action and really i saw the first like very measurable effects like two years down the road because it takes some time especially if your way of changing your behavior is not enlightenment or changing your environment but changing your habits changing yourself and because if you can quit your job and move to another country, uh, then of course you can change a lot of things at the same time. Your life can like change in one month or, or a quarter. Right. But I was in a position that I had family, uh, I have mortgage to pay, I have day job. So I couldn't just like, okay, I will drop everything and I will become a writer. I just couldn't do that. And most of people cannot do that. So it's said in multi-level marketing industry a lot of time that it takes two to five years. For me personally, it took about six years to really look into the past and said, okay, I changed my life. I changed myself and my circumstances are different because of the actions I took not because of, of a chance. Are there certain like ways of segmenting it, like maybe chapters along that two to five year journey that are evidence that you're, you're kind of progressing towards a total transformation? You are always like pulled into those two directions. Your dreams, okay, I want this. And your fears, okay, it takes me so much time. Maybe I'm just delusional. Maybe I, I don't deserve it. Or uh, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, those, those fears. So... It's always with you and it won't disappear like ever because I know people who are millionaires and have the same kind of struggles. So this this like fighting in your mind won't end uh, like abruptly. The, the seeds of it, maybe not like the full out fight, but the seeds of it will always be inside you and it takes just like uh, one poor book launch or product launch to start doub- doubting yourself and, and those fears can surface again. So breaking down, really for me, they were not 
my songs, but like events. So I published my first book and it started to sell. Uh, I priced it just for $1. So I was making like at the beginning 25 cents per copy, but still it was something I created and people were willing to buy it. For me, it was like, all right, so I need just to scale it up, write more books, sell more copies and 25 cents to 25 cents, it will become some significant money. Oh, it doesn't work that way, by the way, but it was something that encouraged me. Uh, another event was my fifth book. It became a bestseller. I earned half of my salary in one month. And I was like, whoa, that's great. And I was totally unexpecting this. Like, uh, I published four books so, so far and I... Uh, sold like 200 copies in the month before and I, I thought yeah that's great it's two percent of my day job uh, income so it's it's solid it's great and then the next month and it happens that way you continue doing your small things day in day out then in then out and then one day something happens because it accumulated into 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 this so the the worst thing you can do is to quit or chase another shiny object so change your course every few weeks right. it doesn't work you have to on, on the single course uh, for a long period of time yeah uh, so then you collect those like proofs those events then like a millionaire was speaking with me millionaire with me i i, I was like making a fanboy of myself so excited but it happened somehow uh, along the journey and then i just i started collecting those feedback from my readers uh, positive reviews or just mis and some of the stories were so mind-blowing that i felt like for this one story everything i went through for the past year or two was worth it definitely for this one story he hearing that i helped this one person so you you collect the evidence along the way, but if you are at the beginning and do nothing, you yeah. cannot collect anything. Yeah, yeah. I like this thought that like quitting is the most risky option because once you once you pull that card out and you quit, it all it all falls away. Whereas you yeah, you so can always quit tomorrow. <laughs> success is not guaranteed, but failure is guaranteed. Exactly. If you quit, it's a failure. Right. Uh, if you continue, you you may still end up failing at something, but you don't know if you don't continue. That was my mindset at the very, very beginning because I adopted it. Okay, I know nothing about business. I know nothing about positive effects of personal development. But if I won't continue, I will never know. I will never know. I have to try it and see. I discovered it, it works. It's great. It can change people's life. That's why continue, and that's why I'm writing those books and sharing this message. I love that. Well, thank you for the service you provide. I'm excited to read more from you and to definitely scoop up some of these influences. And you joined a mastermind too. Tell me about the importance of being in a mastermind. You need this feedback. And uh, also, uh, I'm in Poland writing for American audience. I felt so lonely very, very often. And it's a bad place to be. Uh, yeah. Isolation is the enemy of excellence. So 
I just wanted to be around people, like you said, people we look up to and that will elevate us. And I was following one guy for years, really. And then he invited me to his mastermind and I couldn't afford that mastermind. And I said, okay, if that's God, if that's God's will, somehow I will find a way. And yeah, I found uh, the way. So the mastermind is necessary to give you external feedback and unbiased. Yes, now I'm friends with all those guys, uh, but in the end, they don't attend the, ch the same charge as me. They don't live in the same place as me. Uh, they don't have those like particular interests in my life. They are really external observers and they see things I cannot see. Truly, I cannot see. Like my marital struggles, they guys help me a lot to just point out that this is not a normal thing. For me, it was absolutely normal. But, but they said, nope, man, no, you are wrong and you shouldn't do that. And it's your fault. Come on, put yourself together and be a man. And if I was lonely, I couldn't get this feedback for like ever, a million years, mm -hmm. because I couldn't think of it. But they, like, as soon as I told them about this, they were, hey, 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 wait, 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 what are you talking about? Come on, man, it's, it's wrong. You shouldn't do this. So... For me, it was absolutely normal. Uh, it was very, very easy to point out. Yeah, I love that. Having those external observers is very powerful to see kind of what biases you have and unconscious prejudices you have and tendencies you fall into that are maybe ingrained from social conditioning, which are no longer serving you. Maybe they served you at some level before, but now you got to have a different mindset. So... Where do you see your purpose changing over the next decade? Is it still writing heavy? Is it going to turn into more in-person things? Are you trying to create maybe a physical spot for people to gather? Where do you see your purpose changing over the next decade? I told you that the biggest adv uh, adventure is like you have no clue what's uh, behind the next corner. So right now I'm building my business. I want to create it into a true business that it doesn't involve my day-to-day -day actions to, to run so I can have this safety that's one thing uh, it will serve people that's the other thing and I still feel that God has so much more for me in, in the store and I am unable to do that so I need to grow mm -hmm. and every time I, I find something I can grow with I try to implement it like this self-love. It's way beyond me. I am unable to do that, but I will. For, for the nearest future, it's building my business and writing, like keep practicing writing because writing, I discovered, was one of my missions. Yeah, mm -hmm. Caring of my family, of my wife, children, being in my church community, those are all integral parts of my life. I discovered this new thing, writing. And till I really got very, very strong feedback, you shouldn't write anymore, I will. So right now, despite focusing on building my business, I write every day. I publish things on Quora, on my blog, because I feel this is part of my, of my purpose. And we will see 
where it goes. Uh, when I started, I was like dreaming about selling a lot of books, yeah, being rich and so on. But it was like I didn't believe in it. Right now, it's a reality for me, which is really crazy. I'm selling over a thousand copies a month, every single month. So I don't know. I have like dreams about uh, financial safety, independence, and huge business. But really, how will I achieve that? We'll see. Right. We'll see. I'm fine with letting God uh, to, to show me the way. That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective on that. I think that's really powerful. We don't all have the answers to our life. And that's something that is important to always keep in mind, no matter if we become millionaires or billionaires or totally divorced from a job, like we still need to give it up to God to like lead us forward into the purpose that we're called for. I love that you've, you've maintained an openness towards that to be used to receive blessings as they come and receive setbacks with grace. Yeah, I really admire all of that. Thank you for Thank you. all that. <laughs> um, yeah, you've been a, a wonderful um, influence on me the past hour, and I'm sure that a lot of what you said is going to really stick with me. I'm definitely going to look into, I've never really considered being a part of a mastermind. I think that's something that just from our conversation, I'm realizing is beneficial, particularly because I'm going to be between several locations around the world over the next year and probably two years, um, having a fiance in Thailand, having a life in California, having a family in Kansas. It's nice to have that, that virtual digital community that is those positive influences on you. It has that external feedback. And then obviously maintain all your personal relationships and so on and so forth. Continue your practices, all that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm wishing the best for you to find that, uh, that self-love. I know that that will be extra powerful and that it will magnify in everyone else. You'll help others find their self-love once you, once you catch how to do that. I haven't read a lot of your writing, but I imagine based on what you're saying is you have a gift in capturing these really um, difficult to pin down topics into words that resonate with people's hearts and allow that inner transformation to take place. I know that's what people like Jim Rome were able to do. I'm sure you're doing it at your own level. So thank you for, for giving writing to people the way you do. That's my duty. Yeah, that's cool. So how would you summarize your purpose? Like before we finish off this, this episode, what does your purpose mean to you? The first words I say at the beginning, progress is my duty. It means because it's like uh, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. It was my intent from the very beginning. Okay, we'll, let's see if this personal development thing really works. Mm -hmm. If so, well, it eluded me for so long. So, and I know many, many people who are like clueless about this. So if I succeed, I will show them how to do that. Yeah, And that's my deepest motivation. Yeah, I'm not doing it for the sake of myself. Yes, I'm growing and it's okay, but I want to, pave the path for others to see how they can do small daily things they are able to do and then change their lives and fears change themselves. So this is also a tagline of my blog, change yourself, change your life, change the world. This is what I'm trying to do. Mm, change yourself, change your life, change the world. Yes, sir. Awesome. 
Anything else to add before we sign off? I think we, we covered a lot of amazing topics and um, I'm really excited to see what ripple, ripples of impact this conversation is going to have on all those that are listening. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Well, God bless you all and really don't quit too early. That's like the biggest thing uh, whenever doing anything. And if you, if you are not sure, just keep looking uh, because in the end I was looking for this purpose for all the years in my church community. Yeah, I heard this gospel and I understand it and but I couldn't apply it. So I was constantly at search. What's wrong with me? How can I fix it? How can I really fulfill? So if you are, if you don't know what's your purpose, look for it. Look for it. Look for the clues. Uh, as you said, we cannot see the whole journey, but we can see the first steps every single time, really, because your journey will start where you are, not when you want to be. So just take inventory of your internal resources and something will, will show you those clues so you can start and don't quit. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michal. I really enjoyed this interview. Thank you so much for having me. It was a plus for me. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question or something you want help working through? Do you need support in doing what it's going to take to live your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our wonderful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this episode or the podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. If you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as the purposeful people and communities I'm a part of around the world, Follow the podcasting journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast. You can connect with our purpose-seeking community on Facebook at People of Purpose by liking and following our page. Know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose opportunities, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration and media I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me, to nourish your personal path of purpose. For the ultimate engagement, Join our intentional group, Purpose Seekers, from the Facebook page. Join in longer-form discussions, link up with accountability partners, and share in opportunities and challenges to better know and grow in your purpose. Send me a direct message on either Facebook or Instagram if you want to talk privately and receive personalized guidance on how to raise your sails and write your ship. Come forth with your biggest dreams and aspirations, and I will do my best to connect you with the necessary resources and mentors from my network to start your trek along your personal path of purpose. Cheers, and here's to becoming 